0: Lance here at WonderCon 2023, and I am happy to reintroduce a returning guest, Ryan Parrott, writer of the incredible TMNT Power Ranger crossover that's going on right now, as well as doing awesome work over in the Massiverse with Rogue Sun. Ryan, thank you so much for coming back.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure, man. It's good to see you again. Good to see you, too. So,
0: since last time we talked, we had the release of the new uh, Power- Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Season basically series two yes. crossover. Volume two, yes. volume two. So in this story, things are getting switched up a little bit. Uh we're <laughs> getting yeah, yeah literally getting switched up a little bit. And there's I would say this version of the story is going for like the weird narrative. We're seeing things that we have not seen yeah. in a Power Ranger story before. So I wanna I want you to talk a little bit about like Kind of that journey that you're going into like the outer limits of what a power ranger story has been previously
1: yeah i mean i think when we figured out what we wanted to do and if i repeat anything from the last one sometimes i immediately do that so i apologize but like the first one was just like setting everybody up right it was like getting they get to know each other and sort of fought like they fight each other a little bit they become friends but the nice thing about the sequel is we could just jump right into it right and so we're like okay now they're friends now that like that's like it's a consistent uh partnership in a way And so we were like, now that we've done that, like how do we, there were so many things that we wanted to do in the first volume that we weren't able to do. And so I was like, I had literally had a checklist of like, okay, I wanna do these things. And so I remember, like, with that, oh, I, can, I can spoil stuff, right? You can spoil everything. Okay, cool, yeah. So, like, obviously in the third issue, we have the Mutant Ranger show up. And that was something we were going to do in the, first, in the first run. But I, I pulled it back at the last second. That's why we went with the, like, the, the, turtle, like, the Ranger Ninjas. Because I was like, I don't want to, I want to use this. And I want it to be something that's, like, you're not going to just see for, like, one issue and then it's over. I wanted to make an actual a meal out of it. So we pulled that out. So I knew that was going to be exactly what we were doing this from the beginning. So that was one thing we wanted to do. Um, there's some, and there were some other things that I really wanted to play with, which was the lore. Like I love the idea. If we, I was like, if we're going to go to Dimension X, the, and we've we've established in in the first volume that Krang knows stuff about the Rangers he knows how to you know the weapon that he basically helps give Shredder that takes away their morphing ability how did he know that why does he know that and that sort of opened up the opportunity to sort of play with the idea of like maybe there's Rangers in Dimension X and what does that mean and and, and is there a way to bring that into the story in some fun way so that was kind of the things we were just trying to do was like how do you how do you do the stuff that's fun for the characters? You know, play play fair. Like the best thing about the first run, I honestly, besides being Green Ranger Shredder, I think is like the Turtle Rangers, like Turtle Rangers, right? So right. it's like we felt like we kind of shortchanged the, the 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 Power Rangers a little bit. So like we'll make them mutants, and so that was the fun thing. It's like balancing it out. But yeah, it's like it's that combination of finding stuff that you that's no, new and fun that you wanted to see as a kid that you get the opportunity to do, and then also I think like digging into mythology that people might not have thought about. So that's that's that was the goal, anyways. One thing
0: that I think this book hit an immediate memory as a child was the 12-inch figures of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers had this morph of them from their dinosaur form into the oh. helmeted version of the rangers. Oh, yeah, that, was, yeah. that was at the base of it. So when I saw that panel, which was released, about them becoming those mutant rangers, yeah. it it was something that basically went back to the beginnings of Power Rangers releasing, period, in the U.S. Right. And seeing something that is now in can- it, Well, we'll see. Like, in, in can- canon. In canon. Okay, sure. I I consider it canon. I do too. Okay, perfect. So, now in canon, where those Rangers have actually been able to obtain those forms, yeah. which I feel like is something that you could say has just been dormant within them this entire time right,
1: yeah well i mean if you is that really funny you guys said that gif of of zack turning into the mastodon Yeah. and so i was like yeah that's what they got to be right <laughs> so total, yeah that was definitely like the inspiration for it 100% i love it
0: and something that you mentioned about wanting to pull it back in the first volume and have it just have it be those ninja rangers the i think that moment was so poignant because that the speech that shredder gives them yeah. is all about how uh, being, like, it's not about being a ranger that makes you who you are, it's the person that you are, yeah. and being able to use those skills that they've developed over the years without having the ability to morph so Splinter just giving that plot was it, it was a beautiful, oh
1: good, beautiful glad. narrative I yeah, you'll see a little more uh, spl- I, that was the other fun part, was I, the minute that the, we made the Mutant Rangers I was like, I, I want to, I want Splinter to be, like, there's a line that I really like in 3 where he's like, a long time ago I helped 4 mutants like learn how to become, and I'm going to do it again. And so the idea of putting, is, is, I love the idea of getting Splinter off the sidelines, getting him out there, having him actually work with the Rangers, who are now these like new mutants who don't even know. Like there's a joke in the issue four that uh, that like Zach doesn't know how to use his trunk, and so it's just like this idea of like I'm th- of that of him giving them words of wisdom again, but fighting alongside them, and something that I I'm a big fan of having the mentors fight along, as you know from the Altarian War. So like it was fun to be able to get Splinter out there and have him working with. You know Kimberly, who doesn't know how to fly yet, and you, you've got Billy and, and and Billy. I love the end of that. Billy was the only one who was like, "This is fantastic." Yeah. Everybody else is like having a hard time, but Billy's like, "This is the best thing ever." So, which, which makes total sense yeah. for his character sure, too. So he would probably know the most about dinosaurs, so it makes sense that he would understand how the you know the, the uh, you know the, the tail works and all that yeah. stuff. So yeah, that was the fun part. Yeah. Zach
0: having difficulty throwing a punch
1: because his tusks were in the way was hilarious. Because <laughs> you think about that, it's like that works fine as you're like a snuffling right? Thing, but uh, 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 but like the idea of like how do you swing your arms around giant tusks i was like yeah there's like that's the fun stuff i think that's the if you treat it realistically you can find so much humor in, in, in you can find humor by treating it logically which i think is kind of fun yeah
0: the the thing i love about your writing with both the rangers and the turtles is you have such a great voice for both of them they they feel again the way boom studios comics has been feeling about taking those characters from what they were when we were in our youth and then now aging them up in, in telling these intelligent, thought-provoking stories, while also having a ton of fun. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where this this crossover ends, because it's five issues, correct, again? Yeah, five, five issues, issues, yes. Okay. So, fifth issue is coming out next month?
1: Uh, fourth, yes. Fourth is coming out, I think, next week. Or, yeah. Yeah, next week. And then, yeah, five comes out the month after that, yeah. Okay, great.
0: So... Everyone, make sure to pick up all those issues while you can. There's a ton of great variants too. There are. And it, it's it's mutant rangers as dinosaurs. Like read the story.
1: Yeah. And there's still some stuff to come, man. There's like it's some of it's been spoiled out there if you've seen variants. Uh, but yeah, there's some there's another big swing that we wanted to do that I think sets up like, a larger story, I don't know if we'll be able to get, like, it might not be me telling that story, if, if, you know, but there's, it opens up the world, what I liked about the first one is it felt like it combined worlds, and I wanted this one to, to, you know, obviously do all the fun stuff, but also open it up a little bit more, and so if we did get to do a volume three, I'm not saying we are, but if we did get to do a volume three, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the end, in these last two issues, that opens up, like, the larger world for both the Rangers and the Turtles.
0: Well, fingers crossed that we get more because I never want the series to end ever. Yeah, me too. Really and and it's been so much fun seeing you working with Dan Mora again. Oh, yeah. get, like, his, his work in this has been phenomenal. Dan Mora drawing
1: Mutant Rangers. Like It doesn't get better than that. Oh yeah, Dan. <laughs> so Dan is the busiest artist in the world. I don't know how he does it. I don't know either. I think he has a twin brother like chained up in, a, in his basement that no one knows about. And, uh, and I literally when they said Dan was going to do it, I was like, yeah, what, whatever he wants to do. I don't give notes. I have not given a single note on any of the books about this because I don't have to because Dan just nails it every time. So yeah, it, Dan getting to do this is the most fun for me. Like I get pages every day. I got a page this morning and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's just like, it's he is amazing. His designs are spot on. He just knows how to, he's that perfect combination of of like there's a little Jim Lee in there, there's a little J. Scott Campbell in there, there's a little like manga. Like it's yeah. all it's all mixed together in this perfect... Like, I, he, to me, is, like, the my favorite version of superhero comic books.
0: I 100% agree yeah. with that. His, and the fact that he was – the way he was discovered talking about, like, his work in, like, tokusatsu-style yeah. art. I just love that story because people saw it and were like, holy crap, we need to get this guy in a book,
1: yeah. like, ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like he just – he, he actually came to – I think he came to Boom and was like, if you guys are doing – more Power Rangers I would love to do it and so this happened I think partly because Dan wanted to do it uh, not to say that the first book didn't sell well but it was just like Dan when Dan says he wants to draw more Power Rangers and Turtles like I'm, I'm all up for it man so I'm, I hope other people like him as much as I do because I would I would write and draw Turtles and Rangers with him forever right yeah and,
0: and Simone DiMeo did a fantastic yeah. job this with the first one exactly
1: I love Simone's like so I don't give Simone enough credit so much the designs for the Turtle Rangers that was Simone. Like there was a lot of conversations about that, and like Simone doesn't give nearly enough credit. I think it's because you know Dan did the cover, so it was like very exciting. But like Simone is just so good, and he the, the Ranger the Green Ranger Shredder was all him. Uh, the Turtle Rangers were him. Like he just he brought so much energy to that book. I would love to work with him too. I, I just yeah. it's it's not it's like it's an embarrassment of riches. That's right. all. Yeah.
0: So now that we've talked about TMNT Power Rangers, let's switch over to over to the Masterverse. Yeah. So Rogue Sun has been. A like breath of fresh air in comic book community. The story has been fantastic, and volume two should be coming volume to print. Is coming out
1: uh, next month? Next month? No, a month from now, two months from now. Yeah. Okay, great. So I don't know these things. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're all good.
0: So volume two is coming out very soon. Everyone, pick up volume one now oh, yeah, yeah. if you haven't read the story so far. Massaverse has been this gigantic expanse in in comic books, developing this new like transformative Tokusatsu style world. And Rogue Sun has played a major role in that. And so based off of where the character is now, what can we look forward to with where they're going?
1: Ooh. Uh, so yeah, we just came out with, I think 11 just came out. 12 comes out maybe like next month. Yeah. We're a little behind. So like stuff's real tight. Uh, and then I think Supermassive 2 comes out in May. Uh, I can't give up too much because there's going to be, I will say this, um, Obviously, if you've read Rogue Son, uh, you know that Dylan is a bit of a dick. (laughs) But I think you're starting to slowly see over the last 10 or 11 issues this guy slowly change a little bit. He's starting to understand the the weight of what he has, responsibility of what he has. And also I think just that he's had, in in Volume 1 it was really about him sort of understanding his family. And Volume 2 was really about him sort of getting to know his new family. And, and this idea of somebody who's been alone his entire life and never really had role models that he could look up to and respect, finally having people, adults in his life who are kind of mentoring him. It's like, I, I said this before, like if you, uh, without giving anything away, volume one is kind of like a big metaphor for divorce. And volume two is about step parents and how step parents can have both a positive and a negative uh, impact in your life. And if you look at the the character, Rogue Son, the villain that he fights, Hellbent in the second one, has a stepfather in the sense of the voice that is sort of given his powers and how that is leading him sort of down the wrong path. And so it's all about that responsibility. And like, I just, that's what I think is what I've been trying to do with Rogue Son is try and take personal stories, try and take uh, relationships that we all understand and use and tell those through the lens of a superhero story. Um, and we obviously when we uh, when we get to end of 12 uh, Dylan's gonna be a pretty different person um, you know you'll, you'll that'll make more sense when you get to 12 but it'll be a different person and, and sort of he's gonna have a new relationship and a new sort of status quo uh, I would say uh, without giving anything away there's gonna be a big tr- something bad's gonna happen in 12 um, and that will give him a very different perspective on on what it means to actually be a hero I think it's so far he's kind of flown around and had some fun and he likes to fight bad I had a, there's a line I think it's in 12 where he's like I don't fight bad guys to save people I fight bad guys because I like to fight mm-hmm. and when you realize there are consequences that come with that that can change up the way that you do it so that's what I look at I, I like this I've tried to make Dylan a character that he's gone from being a very selfish sort of self-centered arrogant jerk to try and make him somebody who is sort of realizing that sometimes responsibility to grow him up in real time. So that hopefully people like that. I know some people are put off by that, but I feel like the goal is, you know, if you want to go read, you know, really, you know, guys who have great moral compasses and are, are the, the, the optimistic version of who heroes are, there are a lot of books you can go read. I'm trying to write somebody. I was trying to figure out if I'm going to do a book that's not one of the big two, I'm gonna try and do something that's a little different, and hopefully tells you a different story. Because I don't want to do I could I don't want it to be Nightwing. I love Nightwing; it's a great book, but I don't want this story to be the same as Nightwing. So, anyways, yeah.
0: So, if you're interested in reading a story that stands out among the rest, check out Rogue Sun Now, Ryan, there's start there's starting to be a more line at your yeah, table, yeah, so I want I want to get you back to that Appreciate table. It. Is there anything last that you want to plug? Anything you want to say before I get you back there?
1: Uh, no, th- uh, thank you for coming and talking to me about this stuff. Of it, it's one; these are so helpful. F- I don't know if writers ever talk about this but sometimes talking to people about the themes and the ideas in your books it actually forces you to say them out loud and crystallize them and so many interviews that I've, I've given i have people and specifically with you as well it's like it helps me when I go back to write later like I remember these interviews and I go oh okay that's what I was it is the thing that I promised actually being activated so I really appreciate that so everybody's out there listening and because of the books and comes and talks to us and talk tell us about the things that you like and things that you don't like sometimes those are so helpful so uh, I'm just helpful and I love talking to fans about this stuff so I'd appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Of course. Thank you, Ryan.
1: Thank you, man.